email May 24th, 2013. Dear Mom, I never got to tell you Autumn devoured your snacks Dad set home with us. I know, I know. Autumn loves everything of mine. But this was extremely funny and owed to you since she wasn't there to say goodbye. I got home late Monday afternoon and the fatigue of the last few days of your passing finally started settling. I dumped a lot of miscellaneous things on the dining room table and Autumn went to work. First, she tried your little snack baggies of cereal and decided they weren't for her. Then she pointed to the graham crackers and slowly worked her way through the whole bag, asking for one more, one more. The late July crackers lasted a few days. Every day she would bring them to the park and carry their reflective silver bag around nibbling on cracker after cracker until eventually the bag tore and she couldn't carry it around anymore and the crackers started falling out. I think one of the topics we fundamentally disagreed on the most in the last two years was the rearing of autumn. I suppose I shouldn't have been so surprised. Me and you were very different people with different personalities and perspectives. I know you were fiercely protective of me and thought autumn was taking over my balance of well-being. But I also think you were projecting from your experience from motherhood and childhood with an additional layer of jealousy that autumn took me away from you because she did. Autumn's first year felt like a jumbled mess of trial and error. I imagine it was painful for you to watch, to hear about my struggles and be too sick and too far away to do anything about it. But I also felt like I wasn't allowed to diverge, to choose something different from you. At this point, it's all speculation. But in our last visit with the family during Tom's paternity leave, Autumn managed to make everyone around her uncomfortable at some point or another. I feel she is a silent pusher and I don't really think it has anything to do with my parenting skills or lack thereof. Even in one of our last conversations, I was talking about leaving her with Sydney to come and see you and you said, good, maybe it will give her a chance to grow up. At the time, I didn't say anything. I let it go. But she's two. I mean, really. I wish we could have talked through your relationship with her more. I don't want your legacy being tainted in any way, but I also don't want to sugarcoat things for her. I know for sure you would have won her over once she was older. I mean, she really didn't treat you any different than others. She's fierce and sensitive and shy and ready to burst all at the same time. It takes focused time to win her over, although she does have a natural draw towards the males in the family. Your illness impacted a lot of things one of which was the type of parent and grandparent you became. I know if you met Autumn 15 years earlier, you would have been taking her to the park and the pool, doing art projects and singing songs, maybe even on your guitar. You would have taken her on vacations and shown her the world. You would have been able to relate to her at her two-year-old level. You would have made her food and taken her shopping. You would have had the opportunity to develop a very special bond. September 29th, 2021. Dear Mom, None of it happened. None of it mattered, really. Your time with Autumn was so little. Your influence on the way I parented her nothing more than a minute of her life. She's ten and a half now. She's grown up a lot. She's still a little girl, too. She will always be both, just like all of us are. 
And I'm okay with that, even when that dichotomy feels hard or inconvenient or makes others uncomfortable. She only knows good things about your relationship. She keeps one of your old, dark, purple Victoria's Secret shirts that Dad cut up to use as a rag after you passed on the first shelf in the back of her closet. She smiles when she says back to me, I like everything of Nana's. She's still a pusher. Not in her outward expression, but in the way she forces others, mostly adults, to expand how they think children ought to be. A few months ago, after working on a sewing project with Sydney, Autumn was being particular about either the look or feel or design of the fabric, or most likely all three. And Sydney said, Wow, you're picky. Not in a mean way. Cindy is the kindest grandma. But still, for most of my life, if someone told me I was picky, which they would, but not in a kind way, it was always in criticism, I would be sent into a shame spiral. Autumn came home and walked in the door, hamming it up with different poses, exclaiming, I'm picky, hands on her hips, duck face. I'm picky. Eyebrows quirked in her special way. I'm picky. She was you in that moment. She's you in all the moments when she's authentic, self-possessed, decisive, unapologetic, being exactly who she is. We sing her calendar girl. We tell her Nana picked that song for her. How the last visit she had with you before you passed, Tom pushed her around kamikaze in your indoor wheelchair with this stuffed bear of yours in her lap. Or the times you'd visit us and she'd sit in your lap on the outdoor wheelchair and I'd push you both around the neighborhood while we'd sing the songs you'd taught me. Desperado, if I had a hammer. Michael, row your boat ashore. I tell her how I took her to visit you when I was pregnant with Vi and I had first trimester nausea. I had made myself some focaccia with scrambled eggs and goat cheese, but couldn't eat it and had to lie down and that when I came back out, you had fed her all my lunch. She always thought that story was funny. I talk about you in spirit, how your energy is still alive. I tell her how sometimes, when you're trying to connect with me, my left ear will pop and I'll know you're there. She tells me the same happens to her. She tells me she talks to you also. She doesn't need my stories to form a bond with you because she's already forming her own. I know if you were still alive and healthy, the caveat always being in health. Me becoming a mother would have continued to test our relationship. It would have been extremely hard at times, painful too, because children mirror back to us all of our unhealed wounds. We would have been divided about things and in agreement about others. It would have been work. We both would have been forced to grow. But that wasn't our story, and it doesn't matter anyway, because I know that even in our worst, we would have found our way back. We always had. We always will. Wherever you are, I want to be also. I'm Jasmine Rasmussen, author and narrator of Saved, a memoir on purpose. Join me weekly for an oral telling of my novel, written in verse and prose, Broken into short, digestible episodes, I'll guide you through my journey back to self. Click the link below to subscribe or go to jasmineleahrasmussen.substack.com to find out more.